You're listening to the Die Hard Fantasy Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Yazenbach, Dan DeCenza, and Cliff Gill. Welcome to the Die Hard Fantasy Podcast. Cliff is already smirking over here. He's ready to go. It's September 8, 2021. Thank you guys for joining in. I'm your host, Matt Yazenbach, joined by some beast modes, Cliff Gill, Dan DeCenza, the, the guys are in the house right now. How you guys feeling today? I'm pretty psyched. We are 48 hours, I mean 24 hours away from a football game, which I cannot really believe that it's here, but it is. Yep, draft the team, get to see what they're all about yep. um, come 24 hours. A bunch of fantasy uh, players in this upcoming game, so a bunch of Bucks Definitely players, Definitely a Cowboys. fantasy relevant game. It's like every receiver all the running backs, well, maybe not the Bucks, but it, it'll be fun. But, guys, thank you for joining in again. I think like six more followers on the Twitter until we give away $50. Follow the handle, at Die Hard Podcast. I'm glad you got that Dan in Dan was waiting to back <laughs> me up right there, but I got it. Uh, but, again, guys, hit the subscribe, hit the follow, share, review, do what you guys do out there. Again, thanks for just tuning in and listening. We appreciate it. Um, but, guys, we're going to get into the news of the day. We have a couple questions from a, a listener, random thought of the day, and then we're going to do some waiver wire ads, it looks like. So pretty hype about that. Um, guys, let's get into it. News of the day. i got to take a breath real quick. Uh, Latavius Murray, running back for Saints, uh, the backup running back. He was cut today, and it looks like Tony Brooke James is the backup. Tony who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony Jones? Tony Jones, yeah. yeah that right. guy. Uh, right. But, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised about that. I guess Murray just kind of, I don't know, wasn't impressing. He uh, hasn't showed that in the past years to me on the field. He looks like he subbed in for Kamara or did the goal line back perfectly for mm-hmm. them, honestly. Yeah, I was super, super surprised by this. Um, I guess they like what they see in Tony Jones. Um, like you, like Cliff said, Murray, I mean, I thought he's been pretty solid the last two years. He even uh, To me, he had some standalone value, yeah. not just a handcuff. He's going to get picked up somewhere. I actually went and scooped him up in uh, one league. I just want to see where he lands. You know, If I don't okay. like it, if I don't like the landing spot, I'll just cut him. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I want to see where he goes. Tony Brook James, who's that? Anybody know? So I just made up a name. I think you just randomly pulled a name uh, out. Yeah, yeah, I might have. But let's go ahead and move <laughs> on. Uh, Chris Herndon, tight end, uh, from, went to the Vikings. He is number three on the depth chart. So it looks like your guy, Tyler Conklin, is yes, the guy. Yes, I do believe I said that the last podcast. You oh, did. jeez. So, I mean, if there's a person to pick up, I guess it's him, but I would just keep him on the waiver wire. Until I'll, I'd stay away from that yep. tight end room until we see something out of them. Agreed. Uh, Elijah Moore, listed as a uh, wide receiver from the Jets, was listed as a starter today. So big news. Tevin Coleman, running back from the Jets, listed as a starter. DeAndre Swift, Looks like he'll be ready for week one. Mark Andrews got paid big money, signed an extra four-year contract. So good news for Andrews owners. Tyrod Taylor named the starter for the Texans. Who cares? Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire turning to play week one. Evan Ingram unlikely to play week one. And Barkley and Odell are on track to play week one. So... If you got Barkley out of steel. A couple things I got. The Tevin Coleman, that just solidifies that Michael Carter hasn't won the job yet. So that's something to watch. And then also, I I was going to talk about this, but um, I I actually will do it now. And that's Kenny Galladay. I know Dan's not super high on him, but 
with uh, Saquon being on a snap count, most likely they've pretty much already said he will be on a snap count. Evan Ingram being out, I think, and Ken- Kenny Galladay was at practice, so hey, I think it could be a sleeper pick this uh, this week, at least for this week, because mm-hmm. where's the touch is going to go? Yeah, I kind of agree in the sense that um, just just our drafts that, that we were in this past weekend, he he fell very far. So where where he was going in that in that uh, in that those drafts, yeah, I mean, I, I I can definitely see him being worth that pick at that point. Yeah, I think he went in the sixth round, so uh, that's not too terrible. That's good value. Uh, but yeah, it looks like he'll be playing week one too, so that's good. But keep an eye on that because we do not know yet. So. Right. Um, guys, we'll go ahead and get to the questions, uh, and this is from Joe S. from New Jersey. Appreciate you tuning in uh, to the pot. Did I say his name wrong again? What's his name? I thought it was Joe Morris, right, but Joe- I could be wrong. You're the one that read it. <laughs> Joe Morris, thanks for tuning in, bro. Have you been drinking today? Uh, uh, this is my second cup, man, yeah. so yeah, a little bit. He's actually from Tom's River, New Jersey. Shout out. Okay. Is that the homeland? That's the homeland. All right, cool. But guys, first question, should your league have a COVID slash IR spot? Um, I'm, I don't, I, I wouldn't say yes, I wouldn't say no. I like what we actually did last year in our leagues where we were able to put in a provisional player. So, you know, if it was like Lamar Jackson, he has COVID, he might not play, you, you're, you put him in your lineup and then you put in a provisional quarterback. If Lamar ends up being out, your provisional player automatically gets inserted into your lineup. If Lamar does play, he remains your quarterback. I think that's the best system to do it. That that is that's actually an awesome system. I like mm-hmm. that. I was just gonna answer. You definitely want at you know I at least a IR spot, if not two. Um, if you have one, I, yeah, I don't mind increasing it to two, just and having one of those being designated for COVID. Yeah, I I agree because I don't think it's fair. You drop you have like for example people that are drafting Michael Thomas throw them in that spot. But, yeah, especially during COVID, I think it's very appropriate to have an extra spot on your team. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You shouldn't have to drop somebody to, to get someone to fill in for a player that's out because of COVID and he's only going to miss one game. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, yeah, if you don't have that and you guys can do that, yeah, I would. I think we're all in agreement that uh, you should add at least one extra spot. Um, so when looking – next question, when looking at trades, what things do you look at before making a decision? Well, of course, the main thing is I'm trying to fill in my weakest point on my team. Now, when I'm looking at whether if not I should do it, I guess I ask myself, am I filling a spot, you know, filling a weakness more so than giving up one of my strong points? Um, Let's see. For example, I guess if you have a a weak wide receiver number two, but you have three solid number, uh, you know, solid running backs, and you get asked for one of your running backs for your, you know, for whatever it is. I do, I would do it because you need to fill in your wide receiver spot, but you're not losing too much because you have a bunch of running backs now. Mm-hmm. If I only have two good running backs, two good wide receivers, someone asks for my good wide receiver, or sorry, my good running back, and giving me a good wide receiver, I'm not gonna do it because I just value running backs a little more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like that point. And one thing that I look at is my depth before trading. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, if I'm trading a running back to upgrade at receiver, kind of like your situation, I want to make sure my running backs are still intact 
and you know I won't struggle on a bye week. I won't struggle if an injury happens and then have to scramble to go trade for another running back. So make sure you have depth before tr- making the trade. Um, but yeah, I, I like your point of what you said. Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much touched on everything. I don't, I don't want to get too redundant. Um, I, I honestly try to make as little trades as possible. Now, obviously, if I get an offer that I can't refuse, yeah, I'm yeah. going to do it. So the only thing I really kind of want to add is what I like to do is write out my lineup, what it's going to look like, especially my starting lineup, what it's going to look like after the trade, and then just evaluate. Or it, did, did your lineup as a whole get weaker? Or did it get better or did it stay the same? If it didn't get better, don't do the trade. Even if it stays the same, what's the point? And then I'll just to reiterate what Matt said, you don't want to deplete your bench too much. You don't want to have to be scrambling later when you get an injury or a bye week. I totally agree with that point. And he's not shooting you just BS because I have seen him write down on a piece of paper while (laughs) trading. So he's not just shooting you some BS. All right, and last question, guys. When you are between a flex player um, and you're wondering who to start, what do you – what do you kind of look at like when you, you know you're trying to start someone? Well, obviously, the first thing you want to look at is matchups. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously you have a running back playing a terrible defense against the run. Yeah, you're going to play the running back. Um, so, if, But if that's kind of even and you're really having a hard time, you're really having a hard time just picking someone, if it's a running back wide receiver, and I think I said this in another podcast, I'm always going to err towards the, the side of the running back just because the volume will probably be higher. Um, you know, if, if it's two running backs, you're trying to start which one at flex, you really just have to go by the matchup. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And I just said for the same position, like if it's two receivers, what I look at is targets and receptions to see who's just getting the most volume at that point. Yep, yeah, you that matchup and volume, that's the two. And I, I tend to go with the safer guy and just hope for a breakout game. So if one of them's safer, I'm going to go for that and hope they break out one game. Yep. All right, cool. Well, let's go ahead and that's all the questions. Again, thanks, to Joe Morris, for uh, tuning in and listening. I hope we helped you with your questions. Um, and, if you guys, if you have any more, throw them to us, uh, to us on the at the DMs. Um, tweet at us. We'll love to answer and help you guys out, especially during the year. And hopefully, Matt will get your name right. Yes, <laughs> Joe Morse. I, I've been. I, I'll make sure I get it right. Uh, but guys, we'll jump into the random thought of the day. Who wants to kick it off? Mine's just something slight, so I will. Um, right. Season's right around the corner. Pretty much twenty-four hours until the Bucks and Cowboys go at it. And I hope we help with the rankings. Now that the rankings are over, we can start having a little more fun. Yep. Give you some waiver wire pickups. Do the sleepers. Do the duds. The playout players of the week. But, yeah, like I said, we get to mess around. Have some fun. So I hope you guys stick around. If you didn't do the best draft, we can help you improve throughout the season. So it's not over yet. No. Um, but you'll get to see that week one. Um and just trust the process and to start off the year i guess i'll give you a little sneak peek put my money where my mouth is and give you something to look at if you're doing either you know FanDuel, DraftKings, uh any weekly draft that you're you know not a season-long draft i'm gonna have you look at this guy this week and it's james freaking robinson beast matchup he he's gonna get he's just gonna give the jaguars hell and I think they'll have the ball in their hand most of the game. Anyways, if you're deciding, be- if you have a stud lineup and deciding between two guys and one of them's Robinson, or if you're doing a daily thing, go get Robinson this week. Let him, 
he's a sleeper, and he has good value on FanDuel and DraftKings. Go get him. I, I think we just found one of our bits for the week. Cliff's lock of the week. Yeah, all right, I like it. it with confidence. The only thing I don't like about that take is that he says Jaguars, and you, I know Matt does it too. There's no W in that word. Can we just say it right? It's Jaguars. <laughs> and you did say he was playing the Jaguars. He's playing the Texans. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. James Robinson, get his name right. <laughs> He'll be a beast this week. He's luck. All right, yeah, I like it. And guys, like you said, we're gonna be posting um, two podcasts a week. One of them's gonna be waiver wire ads. The other ones are going to be starts and sits, and of course, if you guys have any questions, we'll answer those along the way. Good take, Cliff. I like it. Ooh. I'll go ahead and go, and I'll let you go last in. Um, mine is on the Bills running back situation. So if I were drafting in any draft, to be honest, I'm not taking any Bills running backs. It's already dicey, them being on the most pass-heavy team in the league, and I, I kind of looked at some stats between these two guys uh, from last year being together. Uh, Singletary, for example, because he's probably the, the pass-catching back. He only saw more than five targets four times. He's only had two touchdowns in both years. He only broke the 80 rush rush yard mark twice last year. Now I'll move on to Zach Moss. He never saw five targets in a game. He only had four touchdowns. He only rushed over 80 yards twice. So what I'm, I'm trying to get at, you're getting 50-50 work where Josh Allen had eight rushing touchdowns last year. And, I mean, he hogs those carries. And you think Zach Moss is the goal line back? No, Josh Allen is the goal line running back. So if you're, what, I, what I think you could do if you did draft one of these guys, you're trying to upgrade a position, throw a Singletary or Moss in there to make it look a little bit better. Hmm. So that's a little trade bait, huh? A little is that trade what you're bait. That? Okay. That's what I got. I, I, you know, I drafted Zach Moss in one league. It was very late. He's my number four, but yeah, we'll yeah, see what happens. It's okay. yeah. Like I said, if you're trying to upgrade at receiver and you need to throw Moss in to make the deal, get it done. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so uh, my uh, thought is, you know, I read today that uh, Tom Brady's been complaining about the new numbers that defensive players are wearing. You know, they're wearing number nine, number 11, and I kind of disagree with them. I think it's cool. I like seeing a linebacker wearing 11, Heck you know. Yeah. It's just it's just something different. It makes it a little more interesting to me. But one thing I will agree with him with, on he he's saying that he was studying film in the preseason on the Cowboys, and he didn't say which players, but you know they were wearing one number, and it was actually two players. He said they were wearing a num- one number all preseason, and then today they switched numbers. I kind of agree with him that could be a, a problem, even a competitive disadvantage. So I think the solution is pretty easy. Players should just have to declare their number before the preseason starts, and they're not allowed to change it afterwards. Because I do, th- I do agree with them, and I do think that it could, it, you know, running backs need to pick up that, you know, that blitzing linebacker, and a lot of times they're going to be looking for the number yeah. that they've been studying. I mean, I know they're professionals, and they should be able to make that change on the fly. But I just, I feel like I kind of agree with old Tom there. Well, you love Tom Brady, so of course you agree with him. But he's the GOAT, so I agree with him too. Whatever Tom says goes. Uh, but guys, uh, that's it on the random thought of the day. Let's go ahead and jump into the waiver wire ads. We're going to throw two apiece at you guys. Um, and these are guys that just weren't really drafted in a lot of leagues and they're still out there. That could be league winners or definitely benefit your team. So I'll go ahead and kick the first one off. Mine is Trey Lance, quarterback from the 49ers. This guy can be a late-round gym diamond in the rough. 
He's only owned in 30% uh, of, of ESPN leagues. Now, if you have one of the top QBs like Kyler Murray, Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, Rodgers, I guess you don't need to go target this guy. But if you have a guy like Matt Ryan, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, why not take the upside of, of what he can do, his rushing ability? He's under one of the best offensive coordinators in Kyle Shanahan. They will make plays around him, and he could be a league winner. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate that take at all. And I, honestly, I think even if you do have one of those elite quarterbacks that you uh, mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, take him. And, you know, if he's, you, one of them gets hurt and he ends up, you know, being what, what you think he's going to be, I mean, he could come in and win your games. Yeah, and I, I will say when we were doing the uh, – Dan asked a question a couple podcasts ago, who would be the one guy to bust? Come preseason, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson has definitely looked the best to me. And so, yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you with the Trey mm-hmm. Lance. He could be very good first year out the gate. But just temper your expectations at first because he's injured right now and he'll have to probably come back and win the job. So he'll probably be sitting on your bench for three or four weeks. But, again, he's not rostered in 70% of leagues. Yep, and so what I was looking at was NFL Fantasy, uh, their what would you call it, 6% rostered, so whatever yeah. that's called. Uh, so mine would be Tyson Williams. He's only 6% uh, rostered in NFL Fantasy League, and that is absolutely kind of crazy to Ab- me. Absurd. Yeah, Justice Hill just went out for the year. I know they are bringing in Le'Veon and Freeman trying to get a backup, but that's for third-string jobs. Uh, Williams has done nothing but impress the Ravens during the preseason and like I, I've been saying this, Gus is, yes, he's going to get the majority of the workload. Will we have the Dobbins workload? I don't think so. I think Tyson Williams could end up being the Dobbins workload. So, guys, go go roster him. Uh, Barry, or you know, Injury, or he just absolutely becomes a freak and you can't sit, the Ravens can't sit him. He's, he's a guy to watch. 6% rostered is way too low. Yeah, and I mean, and we're 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 not saying go out and you know pick up these guys and they're going to be like superstars. We're saying put them on your bench, see what happens. If they don't work out, you know, you just cut them and move on. You know, there's always going to be people uh, players out there. So, and I agree. You you get this guy on your bench, you see what happens. I think he's going to have opportunities. And then especially if Gus goes down, then I mean, you're really looking good. And they're the most rush heavy team in the league. So yeah, I can see. I can see a, a vital role for him. Yeah, I, I mean, 6%, that's kind of crazy, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that take. Okay. All right, so mine was uh, mine's Terrence Marshall Jr. He's only rostered in 4% of the leagues, which I'm really a little bit surprised when I saw that. Uh, in college, he caught 82% of his contested balls, which is pretty incredible. And I know the you know the, the corners and the safety the DBs aren't as good as they're going to be in the NFL but still it just shows me that he can go up and get a ball he's big and I really like that um, he's listed as a number three right now but in preseason for what it's worth he led the Panthers in targets you know and again preseason you don't probably don't want to take away too much how much did you know DJ uh, Moore and Robbie yeah Anderson how much play? did they yeah so but still it just shows that Darnold was looking for exactly, him exactly exactly. You know? And uh, I I do, and I think if one of those guys that you mentioned they go down, I mean he, he like I said he's already listed as the number three. He's gonna get some volume a little bit, but if one of them go down, he could be an absolute monster. Yeah, I think he's worth rostering and see what happens week one, two, three, 
and see if the targets go his way. So, yeah, I like that. Uh, guys, I'll go ahead and go to my last one, Darnell Mooney, wide receiver from the Chicago Bears. Uh, he is only 56% owned in ESPN leagues, which isn't super low, but it's low enough to catch my attention. So I see Justin Fields, and we've talked about this debate multiple times, but I see him taking the job over after a couple weeks. I see this off offense opening up a ton, running a lot more plays with him rather than Dalton. Uh, they don't have a heavily targeted tight end right now. They have Jimmy Graham, which he's not going to get 10 targets a game. They don't throw the ball to David Montgomery a lot. Uh, the only person we need to worry about is Allen Robinson, and that's fine. So Darnell Mooney being the number two on that team, I love it. that He got the targets a lot last year. He just didn't have a quarterback to throw to him last year, so it would always be <laughs> 20 yards past him or 20 yards short. Uh, so I, I expect a big leap from him this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was pretty relevant last year. He, he was pretty, yeah. yeah. He made a pretty, I mean, good impact, not yeah. consistently. So, I mean, but, I, like, I don't expect anyone to go out there and have them as their number two receiver, but I'm surprised that he's not getting drafted more. You know, he, he's good as a backup, decent bye week fill-in. I like him a lot if Justin Fields comes in. Yeah. Yeah, and he's been getting hype around not only fantasy, but and in the, uh, Chicago's team. So I definitely expect, and the eye, the eye talent or yes. the eye test, he passes that with flying colors. Mm-hmm. He definitely looks crazy athletic, crazy fast. Yeah. He, he's one of those guys where we're just talking about Terrace Marshall. I mean, put him on your team, see how many. And like I said, guys, we t- we stress this so much and preach it. Volume is so key. So look at those first couple weeks, what his target's doing. If he's seeing seven, nine, eight targets the first three weeks, that is good. Maybe it doesn't hit right away, but they eventually will end up hitting for you. Agreed. Yep, and I'm going to shift over to the tight end side since there's not too many tight ends that are, you know, valuable. So I was trying to see, well, who who didn't get drafted? Who could be a beast? And it, it was pretty simple answer. Everyone knows him as a beast. He wasn't last year, but the past uh, four years he was, and that's Zach Ertz. Past four years, he was a top six tight end. Uh, before last year, he didn't make the top six, obviously. But And I know it's preseason, something to look at. He did get more targets than Goddard in the preseason. Not much. I don't know if I want to shout the numbers out, but it was three to one. I know what the numbers are. <laughs> uh, three to one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he did get more targets. Get, get, uh, okay. <laughs> but Jalen Hurts, uh, everyone knows he loves to throw at tight ends. So I and Zach Hurts, his name weight has a lot of weight to it, and I see him having a bounce back year. Thirty three percent owned. So yeah, it, I know tight ends not strong. Please da- uh, stash him on your bench and see what he does. Yeah, way to drive that point home with a three to one. You know? <laughs> no, I, that convinced me right there. You know, I'm not the biggest Ertz fan, but I mean, yeah, you can pick him up and kind of see again, guys. These are the first couple weeks. We're gonna heavily stress out enough because it's it's hard for the start of the season for us to really know. But uh, yeah, check the targets out first couple weeks. And for what it's worth, Ertz has reports coming out of camp. He's been being he's been getting targeted a lot. Mm-hmm. camp mm-hmm. so how much does that mean not sure but it's something yep. yeah all right so i'm gonna go ahead and mine second one is marquise callaway is it, or marquez is it marquez or it's marquez or whatever you want to call yeah. him well we'll call him marquez. joe s marquise yeah. who cares <laughs> so he's uh rostered in 38 percent of leagues which i'm kind of surprised because he did have a really good preseason everyone saw that incredible catch he made in double coverage 
Um, I love him with Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. He He's a burner. Jameis loves to throw it deep. I don't think Jameis can help himself. I think he's going to start chucking the ball down the field. Yeah. You know, and I, I love the deep threat ability there. Someone on that offense that in that wide receiver room has to step up with Michael Thomas out. I mean, Traycon Smith, Deontay Harris, I, I think it's Callaway. I do too. Yeah, I'm, and he got in our leagues, he got drafted. He actually did not go undrafted. I was definitely targeting him, and people were on the hype train with them because so, mm-hmm. they took him before I could, but I, I kind of wish I could have, and I hope they cut him because I will scoop him up right away. And what was the percent? 38. Wow. Which is lower than Mooney, right? Mooney yeah, was is. in the 50 range. Mm-hmm. That's a little surprising. I, I'm taking a number one, even though Mooney has his you know, sides, but I'm taking a number one. Callaway is definitely my favorite out of the six that we discussed. Uh, yeah, well, you're welcome. Well, I, I think Cliff actually mentioned it, and then you stole it. Ah. <laughs> and, well, since he stole that one, and I think we have enough time, I do want to mention one more person, and he is a number one. I take it as a number one. It's Jacoby Myers for the New England Patriots. Uh, yes, he's going against Nelson Aguilar, but Nelson Aguilar isn't so much the position uh, receiver. I think that's Jacoby's um, job, and I see him kind of what – being what they Patriots wanted Nikhil Harry to be. I think he's the new Nikhil Harry, and he's going to be the possession catcher. He's only owned in 10% of leagues, and he could very possibly be a number one wide receiver with now Mac Jones instead of Cam Newton, who couldn't you know get it to him last year, even though Jacoby still had a decent year, and now they will be passing a little bit more. Rushes will go away. Look out for Jacoby Myers as well. Yeah, and I was actually looking at Nelson Aguilar, but yeah, I remember Jacoby was on that team. I think Nelson's going to be more of the boomer bust guy on that team, and then Jacoby will be more of a consistent volume type of player, but I like to see how that plays out. Yeah, and and you brought up Nikhil Harry, and how much of a disappointment has that guy been? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he's making Bill look bad. That was Bill's guy. It was. First or second round? First round. Yeah, Yeah. wow. Bill doesn't do that too often. Yeah. 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 All right, yeah, so I, I think we have enough time. I'll throw one more out as well. Mine is uh, Tevin Coleman, um, 22% owned. I can't read my handwriting. I'm pretty sure it says 22%. <laughs> but uh, he's been, he was named the starter today. I don't know how much weight that's going to carry. And actually, Michael Carter is actually in the depth charts at number three. Ty Johnson is the number two. Mm. So I, I like Coleman a lot, especially early, early on in the year. Um, he's really familiar with the system. Uh, he's coming over. Um, Lafleur, um, he was uh, the OC, I believe, in in uh, San Francisco when Coleman was there. So that I think that's why he's won that job. I like him early in the year, especially. I do expect Carter to probably start coming on late in the year, but early first six, seven, eight, nine weeks, I think Coleman can actually be a viable starter. Twenty-two percent. Yeah, and wow. I'll touch on that because when I think about the Jets and I'm thinking about their red zone targets. One does not shout out to me. I mean, you got Crowder and a, a more and guys like that, but none of them are in, like red zone fanatics. And so I think Tevin Coleman will be their red zone guy. Yeah, I agree. He could end up with quite a bit of touchdowns. And the only big dude they have is Corey Davis, so yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah, Corey Davis. Yeah, I like Tevin Coleman actually a lot, especially that he got named the starter, of course, but uh, I don't have a third one, so I'm going to agree with both of you on yours. Well, that's smart on your part. Does that sound good? Yeah. Well, guys, I think that's it. We'll wrap it up. Thank you again for joining in. You know what we're doing next week, waiver wire shows. 
start sit of the week. Uh, follow the podcast, uh, the Twitter at Die Hard Podcast, and thank you for tuning in.